The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Martial arts. Mixed martial arts. How do we like our martial arts? We like it mixed! <laughs> we missed you, Casey. We missed you on last week's preview show, that's for sure, because the UFC returns home. Last weekend, they were in Charlotte, North Carolina. This weekend, back to the hallowed apex, and they bring with it a strawweight main event between the two women you see on the screen right now, Mackenzie Dern taking on Angela Hill. It's a fight card, and it shouldn't be horrible to watch, but as far as star power goes, obviously not the best card of all time, but we're going to try to make a positive out of this. Welcome to the UFC Vegas 73 live preview show here on MMAfighting.com. I am Mike Heck. I'm being joined by my best friend, Alexander K. Lee. Hello, AK. Hello, everyone. UFC Vegas 73. Fantastic. <laughs> just keep it on there. See how, just keep it up there and see how awkward we can get. <laughs> this is incredible. Uh, is Jose back? Is Jose back with us? Oh, Jose Young's is missing is, right uh, now. Oh, there he is. <laughs> yes, Jose Youngs will be joining us in a little bit. But AK, uh, you are our weigh-in guru, and as it comes with most of these oh. UFC cards. Something can happen on the scales, and apparently a couple of things happened on the scales. So give us a weigh-in recap here for those who oh. may have missed it. The two misses. All the fights are going to move forward as of right now, um, but update on what happened at the official weigh-ins a little while ago. 
Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, no issues with the top two fights. Mackenzie Dern, Angela Hill, no problem. Mackenzie Dern was in was in pretty early. I think she was like the fifth or sixth fighter to weigh in. So her weigh-in problems long behind her. And uh, penultimate fighters, Edmund Shabazian, Anthony Hernandez, also on weight. It was just a couple of issues with the prelims. We had uh, Vanessa Demopoulos come in, 117.5, so one and a half over the uh, strawweight limit for her, her fight with uh, Carolina Kovalkiewicz. And uh, Orion Kosi, his fight with Gilbert Urbina, he came in 172.5, one and a half over. Second straight time that Orion uh, has missed weight. He also missed weight for his fight with uh, Blood Diamond last year at, at UFC 277. So 20% for both fighters. Uh, they will proceed as catch weights. We still got seven prelims, five main card fights. But uh, yes, a little, little trip up with the scale, Mike. Now, AK as our weigh-in guru, and I know and on to the next one, you don't like to reward weight missers, but we don't like to make excuses often. But Alan Joban, who is there, tweeted out earlier oh. this morning that someone pulled the fire alarm at 1.30 a.m. Everybody had to be evacuated from the hotel, and it took a long time to turn it off and get everybody back in there, so everyone was a little tired and sleepy. Probably threw off some potential weight-cutting schedules. Do we give... Orion Kosi and Vanessa Demopoulos a bit of a pass because of this today. I mean, weight weight cutting is so dumb. It's just so dumb, though. It's like if 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 that is enough to throw you off, then you're probably. And, and again, this is not just these two fighters. I'm saying all fighters. Like it it you sh- it shouldn't even cu- you know be cutting it that close. That's how dumb weight cutting is. I know we've been beating this dead horse forever, and we at this point. We should accept it, it is part of high level MMA and it always will be. Like, I don't, you know, I mean, I'm not a defeatist, I'm not a pessimist, but I'm saying I have to be realistic and I don't know when a day is going to come when fighters are just going to agree to fight closer to their natural weights or we get more weight classes, you know, more increments. So you're not doing these like 10, 15 pound jumps between weights and you have to, you're, you're stuck in a lot of fighters are just stuck in the middle. Uh, Loopy, Loopy's fighting at 120 again for some reason. I don't know if that's because. She's having trouble, you know, if there's an issue with 115 or 125, but I don't know. Why aren't there more cash weight bouts? So, Mike, you're right. It's worth mentioning. Certainly the fighters had their uh, routines disturbed uh, and, and thrown off, but I don't know. Mackenzie Dern and Angela Hill were supposed to fight last week. Didn't seem to affect their their weight cut. So, um, uh, my sympathies. I hope everything's okay with Vanessa Demopoulos and Ryan Kosky, but uh, I don't have a, a little bit of sympathy, Mike. Only a little bit of sympathy. I, I don't know if we can use that as an excuse. Weight cutting is dumb. Fair enough. I mean, Loopy took this fight on less than two weeks' notice, so oh, that's give her okay. a little bit of a break. Dakota was supposed to fight Pollyanna Viana, but Jose joins us now. Good to have you here, Jose. And we have a main event between Mackenzie Dern and Angel Hill, and I know we talked a little bit about this on BTL yesterday, but what are your just what are your thoughts on the matchmaking here? Because Angel is on a two-fight win streak. Mackenzie Dern has lost two out of three. Some people feel like she's lost three in a row, but the UFC is still clearly high on Mackenzie Dern, and it you know, mm-hmm. kind of see her as someone who can make a run in this division. So what do you make of the actual matchmaking and just this fight from a stylistic perspective? Because it just seems on paper, BJJ versus Striker. If mm-hmm. Mackenzie gets to the ground, it's her world. If she can't, Angela Hill could pull off an upset here. Yeah, it's very every definition of the word is striker versus grappler. Mackenzie Dern is one of the more decorated, if not the most decorated female BJJ practitioners in the UFC, if not all of MMA. And then Angela Hill, I think, has the second most significant strikes among women in UFC history. And I think she's the only other female in the top 10. And the only one above her, I believe, is Joanna. And then like Max Holloway is like, no one's catching him at number one. So this is every definition of the word 
uh, striker versus grappler. Uh, I'm surprised these two have never been matched up solely because it seems like Angela Hill has fought every single woman in this division. Uh, I think off the top of my head, she has the most, if not the second most, fights ever in strawweight history, UFC strawweight history. I know Carlos Barthes was around for a long time. Brandon Marcos fought in the UFC, fought for a long time. She's not in the UFC, but there was a point in time when it seemed like she fought like every other month. Um, I know, I know she has the most losses, and I know she's tied for most split decision losses in all of the UFC. I think with Jorge Masvidal and I want to say Clay Guida. So she's fought pretty much everyone, and she's faced pretty much every style of opponent you can. Um, doesn't have any submission wins. Has a lot of decision losses. Has never been knocked out. Has been submitted. So. I like the matchup on paper because this is kind of what mixed martial arts is about, just kind of putting two very high-level martial arts that are very highly skilled in their area of combat and seeing who's the better. Uh, yeah, I like this fight. I'm more When they announced this fight, I was surprised that these two had never fought because Mackenzie Dern is... When did she make her debut? 20... I want to say 2017? 2018? And then Angela Hills was one of the inaugural strawweights because she, she was on Tough, and then she obviously went to Invicta after a couple losses, won the title... And then came back and has just been fighting everyone they give to her. So she called herself the female cowboy. I tend to agree. So, yeah, I like this fight. I don't know if it's main event worthy, but it makes sense that these two women would match up eventually. This will be the 28th pro fight for Angela Hill, the 23rd mm. inside the octagon, AK. Yeah. So obviously, big opportunity for Angela Hill. What do you think of this, this matchup? I mean, with all the fights in this card, this probably has to be the main event, if we're being honest. But... What do you think of the matchup? Potential twenty-five minutes between these two women. Yeah, I like it. I like it. It's it's um it, again. Listen, the, we're we're in the new. This is the ESPN Plus era, the UFC Apex era. Uh, this is what a modern fight night main event looks like. And again, this sounds so like uh, such a backhanded compliment to uh, Mackenzie Dern and Angela Hill because they are top fifteen ranked uh, both in the UFC's rankings and in the more important MMA fighting global rankings. We have Dern at number nine. We have Angela Hill at number thirteen. I've seen some people question like Angela Hill's sort of ranking and like standing with the company, but again, it's a lot of those losses were close losses to top ten fighters. She has she she stays busy. She gets wins. That's probably one of the best ways to stay in the rankings and to uh, you know it's it's just stay active, stay active. So yeah, listen, she's not she's not Habib. You know, Angela Hill is not is not twenty eight no whatever. Um, but again, those losses are explainable. She always brings it. So uh, yeah, I don't think anyone should complain about her being the. Uh, I, I would say in this case, I guess the B side of this main event. I think Mackenzie Dern, besides just being higher ranked, probably has a little more uh, cachet, a little more, I guess, star power, which sounds weird because Angie's been around for such a long time. But, you know, Mackenzie has been again you know, a star in the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world, as um, as Jose kind of mentioned, and uh, someone who's been like hard pushed since getting to MMA. A lot of people saying she could be a star, she could be a champion. This is her third time headlining a card. Again, this was supposed to fight was supposed to happen last week. Was not originally a headliner. Uh, Mackenzie Dern, zero and two, zero and two so far in headlining bouts. I would say this is her most favorable uh, matchup yet of those fights. Marina Rodriguez was the last one, and then who? Oh, and uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, that was two fights, two headliners ago. She just lost uh, that majority decision to uh, Yan Shanan, which is also a headlining bout. So you could argue maybe she should have been able to to uh, beat Yan, uh, especially like if she'd shown a little more diversity offensively on the ground. This is the big complaint everyone has. Like, why can't she just do more ground and pound besides going for submissions? But hey, 
guys, you listen, we're not Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belts. We probably shouldn't tell her how to do it. Does she need to, you know, kind of up the offense a bit on the ground against uh, Angela Hill? I, I think so. I think so. But we'll see how it goes. We'll see if she, she's developed. But yeah, I think it's a fine matchup. I understand the lack of enthusiasm around the card. But at some point, again, like I was saying with weight cutting, this is the world of uh, high-level MMA, of UFC-level MMA we live in now. So I say accept it with a with a smile on your face. And people act like Angela Hill's stepping in in this fight like on a five-fight losing streak, the way they people talk about her. She's won her last two fights, and she ain't... She got thrown in there against Lupi Godinez as almost a three-to-one dog and beat her and then fought Emily Ducote, who after when Emily made her debut, everyone thought because of what she did in Invicta, like this girl's going to be a problem. She's going to go in there and beat Angela Hill too. And Angela just beat her as well and kind of styled on her at UFC on Long Island. So Angela's beat back-to-back pretty good fighters heading into this one. And that kind of brings me to you, Jose, because Mackenzie has had a lot to say this week. She's opened up a lot about the personal issues she's had going through the divorce, switching managers, stuff with, with her coach, having to miss some time to get Luke Rockhold, get ready for the, uh, for the BKFC fight with Mike Perry, mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. She's been very open and honest about it. People are concerned about some of the things she was saying. Maybe her, her eye is not on the prize, so to speak. Are you concerned at all from that aspect? Do you feel like maybe sh- the focus is out of whack with everything going on in her life? Or do you feel like this is something that, it's just kind of headline stuff and it's nothing really to worry about. Well, I wouldn't say her eye is not on the prize because I'm, I don't think she's, I don't think she's doesn't want to win or she's not going to try to win. But anytime you hear if there's a lot of things happening outside of your life, I wouldn't say that it's, I would still favor her in this, but I would, if I don't know what the odds are, but I would shrink those odds because for every fighter you have, like like you have a Cody Garbrandt who said like his life was in absolute turmoil when he fight, fought Kai Kara France, and uh, that he said that played a factor leading into that fight. He said it wasn't the weight cut. He said the weight cut to one twenty five wasn't was not as bad as everyone made it seem to be. It was everything going on in his life outside that kind of you know blew up in his face. But then if you believe the the headlines you see of Israel Adesanya and his ex-girlfriend, whether that's true or not, I don't know, but he didn't seem to affect him when he fought Alex Prayer. So uh, I think we'll see what type of fighter Kenzie, Mackenzie Dern is when she finally does step in there against Angela Hill, because if she's not, if she does lose, it'll, I'm going to assume it's because she wasn't as prepared as she could have been, or she should have been because of everything happening in her life. I don't think she's going to lose just because she doesn't want to win or her eye is not on the prize. She's going to go in there and try to submit Angela Hill. I would still favor her. Like I said, I would just shrink those odds now, knowing now what we do. AK, along with everything she's dealt with personally, she obviously has very high aspirations for her mixed martial arts career. She wants to become a UFC champion. You're only going to get so many opportunities in a division like this to have the the, the road sort of paved for you to get there. And like you said, of all the, the main event matchups she had, this is probably stylistically the most favorable for her. Is this do or die for Mackenzie Dern in, in terms of getting to that upper echelon, getting that brass ring, maybe getting a title shot? Because if she loses tomorrow, I, do you feel like kind of all hope is lost on Mackenzie Dern, the potential title challenger? She could still do very well and have fights and, have a great career and make a lot of money, but Mackenzie Dern, challenger for a UFC title, does she have to win this fight in order to keep that hope alive? 
I'm rarely going to say a do or die in MMA in general, especially for someone who I, I know she's 30, uh, which is not, you know, it's not old, but it's, it's not exactly young in MMA either, but it's still like relatively inexperienced in MMA. This is her 16th fight. I've had to, I'm just looking at it right now. Um, and, and listen, she's had a lot of seasoning. I say she's, you know, she hasn't been um, competing in MMA for long, but she's had a lot of seasoning. When you've been against the opponents she has, uh, I mean, you know, at some point you you just, you are a veteran, you are who you are, and we kind of have to stop projecting like, well, what if this changes and what if this changes? So I, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm hesitant to say do or die, uh, but strawweight, again, is a division that I think is moving along actually pretty well. It's not the deepest roster. But listen, we just saw, we just learned the other day, Amanda Lemos is getting a title shot. So that's someone who I, I'm pretty sure she came into the UFC after Mackenzie Dern and has now passed her for a title shot. Uh, we think Yan Xiaonan, who, who just beat Mackenzie Dern, is probably in line for a title shot somewhere down the road. Maybe she can just wait for it, as far as we know. It depends how active um, Zhang Weili is going to be this year. Uh, Rose Namajunas is ahead of Mackenzie Dern still, whenever she decides to fight. So the line ahead of her is pretty long. Uh, and that's concerning. That, that it's when people start jumping over you. That's when you start. It's and again, it's nothing against her. It's nothing saying like, oh well, she can't get better or she can't put together a run to get to the top. But it is. It's not getting easier. It's not like. Um, it's not like Zhang Weili. I think is like starving for challengers. It's not a situation where we're like, let's say, for example, Al- Alex Pereira. You know, he got the title shot with Izzy one primarily because of their past, of course, the their the kickboxing series, but also. Izzy had wiped everybody out. The timing was perfect. That's not the case at Strawweight. So if Mackenzie's going to make a move, like it starts now. It's like if she beats Angela Hill, that doesn't even get her, that doesn't even move her into like the top five, right? Especially in our rankings. Uh, that'll that'll maybe move her up one or two spots. It'd be a great win for sure. Uh, Angela Hill is a great win. But as far as like her title hopes, it still feels like she's like two fights away. <laughs> unless she gets the right matchup next and submits, you know, gets a highlight reel submission, something. So it's not do or die. But like I said, she's pretty far behind with a win. I, I don't know. I can't imagine how much steeper the climb will be uh, if she loses. So not do or die, but huge, hugely important fight. How important is this fight for Mackenzie Dern, Jose? Cause you feel like with Angela Hill, the UFC loves her. I feel like she's one of those lifetime employed fighters because she usually has compelling and fun fights. She says yes to opportunities. She's not afraid to to flip the switch and get back in there on short notice. The UFC loves her for that reason. And I think just fans love her in general. She's got a great personality, very quirky mm-hmm. and just fun all the way around. So I feel like the stakes are kind of high for her, but clearly all the pressures on Mackenzie Dern to get this done how much pressure is on her in terms of her overall growth in this division? Well, I wouldn't even put it into like wins and losses in this division. Like, like I said before, if she's, you know, going through a divorce, didn't have her coach, all this stuff is happening or just a win in general would probably be good for her mental health. So uh, more importantly than wins and losses, I think she needs something positive to go on in her life. And I know she has a daughter and she's a mom. So that's a major positive thing, but just a win would probably be a major win for her life outside of, you know, title aspirations. But if we're just looking at wins and losses and fighting for a UFC title and the meritocracy, obviously uh, if she loses, that'll be three of four uh, losing to Marina who just lost using to Yan Zhaonan, um, who's probably going to fight for the title soon. If not next after uh, Lemos and Whaley, that's given if, if Whaley 
wins. And then obviously you said a lot of people think I don't. I thought she beat Tisha Torres. I don't know how you. I think we were both there for that one when we covered it in Jacksonville. So um, if she loses, I don't think she's out of the title running because, like you said, the UFC loves like they love her too. Um, they, like the Dana White's always seem to push her. She's been in what's this her third main event so yeah if they're sticking people in main events uh they're sticking her in main events they obviously see something in her if they're going to want to go back to brazil a lot more often they'll probably bring her to a win is a huge huge speed bump it sets her back pretty far a win keeps her on the path wins and losses if she loses she's not for fighting for the title within the next two years but more importantly a win is probably just good for her mental health yeah, I, I would agree with you there. And in terms, in terms of like the stakes for her fighting career, yeah. I don't know if it's do or die. I don't know if it's that dire, but uh, yeah. it's. I don't think it's do it's, or die for either of these ladies. Oh, it's definitely not for Angel Hill. It's definitely not. Yeah. No way. She's just she. Like I said, she's employed for life. But as far as must win, I think we're very close to must win territory for Mackenzie Dern here. I think we are mm-hmm. approaching that more so than do or die because. This is a game of, this could be a game of streaks. You could lose three in a row and then come back and win like nine in a row and then find your way back there. So like AK said, it's probably, there are very few fights that are do or die, but as far as like a must win goes, we're, we're in the the red zone, I would have to say for Mackenzie Durham. But I do agree with you in terms of the mental health, just getting the win will be enough. And she seems to want Rose Namajunas next. She's already thrown that name out there. We'll see if she if she does win and calls her out after. So right now, according to our friends at DraftKings, you can use the code, the MMA hour and get a nice little sweet deal. Uh, if you go to DraftKings Sportsbook right now, AK Mackenzie Dern, the favorite minus 175, the comeback on Angela Hill plus 150. Who gets this done tomorrow? I guess I'm going to go chalk here, Mike. Um, I have so many questions again about Mackenzie uh, Dern's ability to get Angela Hill down, to actually keep her down, to do damage on the ground. I, I honestly, I'm not confident that she's like develops any sort of a ground and pound game that people like, I, it doesn't strike me that her team would see sort of that public discourse and be like, Oh yeah, we really need to change things up and like do more, you know, initiate, start initiating more offense on the ground besides submission attempts. If, if I'm wrong, I'd be happy to see it. If we see just like a little more, again, just a little more ground strikes from uh, Mackenzie Dern, you know, a little more like different tactics to open up her opponent's defenses besides just her, unquestionably outstanding grappling you know again if it's just a grappling competition she's taking out so many people but loathe as i am to say it you must mix the martial arts uh and she's had you know limited success with that to, you know to say the least her striking is probably you know leagues better than when she first got to the ufc but now she needs to add the ground and pound and she needs to ground striking and so we'll see but i, I am going with her to uh to find a submission um I, I think the 25 minutes is actually a good thing. I think cause it's going to take her time to find a way to get Angela Hill down. I could certainly see a situation where she gets frustrated in the first, you know, after the first two rounds and that takedown just doesn't come. And then it's just Angela Hill picking her apart for the last 15 minutes of the fight. Very possible. I think that's why the odds are, you know, pretty close. It's not overwhelming for uh, Mackenzie Dern, but I will go with the favorite here and say Mackenzie Dern submission round. Jose, are you on board with AK here? I was 50-50 for this fight, so I'm picking this solely to be different from AK Lee and just not have, you know, kind of a clean sweep across the board. I'll pick Angela Hill. Uh, If anyone watched Mackenzie Dern's uh, 
pre-fight scrum at media day. She said that her previous opponents that she lost to, which were very good strikers in Marina and Yan Jianan, they said they were just more seasoned and knew how to use the rounds to their advantage. So like they weren't just hunting for submissions or looking for like all of these knockouts and submissions. They were just winning the rounds. And she said that that's what veteran experience gives you. And it just, you know, they're not taking unnecessary risks. Now, Angela Hill at one point was kind of taking unnecessary risks, especially against wrestlers and grapplers. I think Angela is a very high-level striker. We saw with the Loopy fight that her experience just kind of shown in that, where Loopy started off really strong, and then Angela Hill, like she's even said it in her in her post-fight scrum, that Loopy got exhausted, and then that's when Angela Hill took over. So I like like you guys said, I don't know how much Mackenzie Dern has changed leading into this. I think if we're going to see a major change, it'll be in the next few fights. I don't know how much of a difference we'll see her from her fight against Jan to her fight against Angela. So I'll pick Angela Hill by decision. I think she's going to win rounds. I think it's going to be a very close fight. Uh, I bet we're going to be discussing how did you score that fight? No, how did you score that fight? Because whenever Angela Hill fights, that seems to be how it ends. Uh, Lately, she's been on the right side of split decisions, as she said, so I'm going to stick with that. I'll say Angela Hill. It's a close fight. It really is. And you can break this down in so many ways. I actually feel like the five rounds probably favors Angela Hill a little bit more. I feel like the longer this fight goes, the better it's going to be for her because I feel like her confidence can rise and McKenzie's could fall. And the big reason behind this is, look, there is no question about if Mackenzie Dern is going to take Angela Hill down. At some point in this fight, she's going to get Angela Hill down. It's going to happen. She did. She's done it to everybody. She's going to get her down. It's just a matter of what happens if McKenzie cannot put Angela Hill away. If she sits there in a dominant position for three and a half minutes and can't get Angela Hill out of there, how will she respond to that? Will she get frustrated? Will she just kind of keep it to the feet? Will she be a little lazier with trying to get the fight back down to the ground? Maybe a little overconfident, perhaps? These are the questions that I have. So I feel like the picks are it's Dern by a sub within the first two rounds or it's Angela Hill by decision. I'm making my choice right now. I'm going Angela Hill by decision. I feel like I've been really impressed with Angela. Hill. I think she looked good in her, not good. She looked great in her last two fights. I feel like, I don't know if Angela Hill is going to be someone we're talking about fighting for a world title, but I feel like she could have like a nice little run and I feel like she can get over this year. I feel like if she could fight three you know, have three, four, five fights this year and, and pick up a bunch of wins. She could sort of have a similar type of year that Kevin Holland had in, in, in 2020. That could happen. She's got to win this fight and then we'll kind of see where she goes from here. So I'm going Angela Hill. It's a risky pick. I think she wins a decision and there is a very real world where we're coming on the post-fight show after the fact and we're talking about Mackenzie Dern submitting Angela Hill in the first seven minutes of the fight. It could happen, but... Uh, I, I've been very impressed with Angela Hill, and I think she's going to get win number three. So there we go. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. 
only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. The co-main event, we have Anthony Hernandez versus Edmund Shabazian. That is a very interesting fight not, at 180. It's not a coming event. It's not going to come event, my best friend. <laughs> Go ahead, AK. Explain the difference. Oh, I, I think people know by now. Uh, not everybody. Listen, events. Okay, I'll, you're right. I, I, there's always someone watching for the first time. Uh, <laughs> listen, co-main uh, main event, I will accept uh, Mackenzie Dern, Angela Hill, two ranked fighters, two people who have been in there with a lot of other name opponents. They're big name fighters. That's fine. And again, it's a fight night card. If this is a pay-per-view, I'd be questioning it. But... Uh, but the second to last fight on the card is not to me an automatic co-main. There has to be some sort of either stakes or ranked opponents or some sort of name value. I don't think either. I, it's a good fight. Edmund Shabazian and Anthony Hernandez, both a lot of potential for excitement here, but the name value wasn't there. I mean, these guys are both what combined 10, 11 UFC fights. Um, they're nowhere. I don't think they should be anywhere near the rankings. I think in my own rankings, I'd have eh, Anthony Hernandez, maybe top, 20 Edmund Shabazzian probably not despite having some good wins before he went on a, on a losing streak so um it's a penultimate fight it's a penultimate fight you could have put Fialio Joaquin Buckley here would have been fine you could have put Diego Fajera Michael. you could have reshuffled this card in many ways and and like there's no you wouldn't have been like oh well Edmund Shabazzian and Anthony Hernandez definitely should have been the the co-main event it, it clearly fails that test. So uh, nothing wrong with being the penultimate fight. It's just, it's not a real co-main. Apologies to Mr. Co-main event himself, uh, Kyle Baraglio, who is always uh, co-headlining fights, but uh, I would not call him a, I would not call a lot of his fights actual co-main events. Fair enough. Uh, I do want to touch on this fight for for a moment because one of the big things people talk about with Edmund Shabazian is like the booking that he's gotten since he came in. It's like it almost feels like we've we've been we've had Edmund Shabazzian in our lives forever, but he's only 25, which is like still crazy to think about. Goes on this nice run, knocks out Brad Tavares at UFC 244, 
And then they just chuck him right in there with Derek Brunson in a main event and he gets run over. And then we're like, well, this is a young guy. Let's try to get him back on track. Let's get him somebody with somewhat of a name, but not like a crazy ranked opponent. And they give him Jack Hermanson. Jack Hermanson just kind of smushes him. And then they throw him to Nasruddin Imovov, who is on an absolute terror trail at that point. And he gets finished. And then they bounce it back with Dolce Langambula, which is... I like Dolce. He's a fun fighter, but we kind of knew how that fight was going to go. And now, Jose, he goes up to Anthony Fluffy Hernandez, who I, I feel like is just... This dude is just down to clown, as you like to say. He is up for any kind of a scrap. He'll get in there with anybody. He's won three in a row. Beat Rodolfo Vieta in one of like the greatest comeback crazy submissions I've ever seen. Josh Framti looked great at UFC 273, and then he goes and taps out Marc-Andre Barrio in September. Is this the, the the right kind of step up for Edmund Shabazi in, in your opinion? Would you is this is this the way you would have booked this? I know you're not a matchmaker, but are you okay with the way the UFC is approaching Edmund Shabazi and with this one? Sure. As everyone says, this is in at on MMAfighting.com Slack channel. This is just a very middleweighty middleweight fight between two people <laughs> probably outside the top twenty. So why not? Just kind of there's like a bunch of fighters at 185 that are ranked between like 20 and 35 that they could just all fight each other and people would be like this is a middleweight fight that's happening it's fun but i has zero ranking or title implications so sure why not um not everyone can go from beating brad tavares to knocking out Derek brunson like israel adesanya did they tried it with edmund didn't work out and then they kept giving him all these fights that he, he came up short and now they're kind of slowly building them back up so Sure, don't hate it. A win over Anthony Hernandez uh, does wonders for Edmund Shabazian's career because it gets him another win. It'll be his first back-to-back win since that win against Brad Tavares. And for Anthony Hernandez, it's... I know he lost to Kevin Holland, and I know Adolfo Vieira is very popular and famous in the BJJ and MMA scene, but I would imagine Edmund probably has the... I don't even know if this is even a big thing. He probably is like the more known name that Anthony Hernandez has fought among like all MMA just because of he had the Ronda rub. He's, you know, headlined cards and stuff like that. So good for both men. A win over either one for either man does is good for their career. But it's just a middleweight fight that happens to be on a card. It's has zero title implications. <laughs> AK, do you, uh, you, as the MMA fighting co-matchmaker, uh, do you like this step up? And I just looked at the betting odds, kind of surprised by this. Anthony Hernandez, minus 200 favorite in this fight. It doesn't surprise me, though, because Anthony Hernandez, Anthony Hernandez is a great grappler. Edmund still hasn't shown he can handle good grapplers. Dolce Lundgambula was like a favorable matchup for him. I mean, it, it, he could have lost it. I, I'm not saying like Dolce's a walkover. But that was expected to be a striking battle. Edmund has shown he's a good striker. So I think people, a lot of people are probably thinking what I'm thinking, and that's Anthony Hernandez is going to take him down at some point, and then it becomes a ground battle. And at that point, Shabazian is just, I mean, he's 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 out of, he's out of luck, right? I was going to swear there, but he's out of luck, right? Uh, I'm sure he's made advance down there. I'm sure they've worked wrestling defense, grappling defense, submission defense, all that stuff. But until I see it, until until I see him, uh, you know, overcome an opponent like that, I'm my first thought is always going to be, well, he's if he gets taken down, it's over. So it might not be fair. And, and regarding his age, and also like relatively inexperienced, he's only been fighting since 2017. I said the same thing for Mackenzie Dern. He's only has 15, 16 pro fights, and, and he's even younger than her. But but I always caution in any sport 
um, when we go like, oh, this person's only 25. Because once you've reached a certain level, it, your, your, your growth actually gets stunted, especially in the UFC where you're expected to fight a certain amount of times. And fighters say this all the time. I'm suddenly focused on camp, 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 training camp, training camp, and not actually developing my skills. And I hope Edmund hasn't fallen into that. But again, when you get up here, and you're making UFC money. The pressure is to win now, not to you know, not to imp- not to spend your time improving. It's to focus on how do I win now, keep getting ch- uh, those winners' checks, get to my next contract, um, and just to bring like a sort of a an example, a, a, a out there example. There was a I don't know if you guys remember Darius Miles in the NBA. This guy was like mm-hmm. one of my favorite sort of like prospects. Like I was like I thought like this guy's going to be a sure thing, number three pick in the 2000 NBA draft. He got way more famous than uh too quickly than his talents dictated and every year i tell my friends like okay he didn't do great this year but he's only 24 and then a couple years later he's only 26 guys it's gonna happen eventually he was like 29 years old he was in the league for like nine uh, eight nine years at that point and i had to accept okay well this guy is who he is uh edmund isn't at that point yet again he's only been fighting for about six years but i do feel like he's the kind of guy at some point where you're like Guys, Edmund's only 27. He's only 28. And we'll see, like, oh, he's fought in the UFC like 12 times. So, Edmund, if you're out there, prove me wrong. I've been wrong about many, many, many things. Uh, he's an incredibly talented young man. Uh, but I'm uh, I, just to give a pick, I, I am leaning towards uh, Anthony Hernandez. You, you, talk, obviously been you were talking God. about Darius Miles. Yeah. I, in my entire life, never would have assumed that Darius Miles was brought up in an MMA fighting preview show. <laughs> I, th- I swear I've done this before. <laughs> Great. If, if it has happened, Maybe. it was by me. It was definitely by me. Was, name drop. He was an incredibly average NBA player. Yeah, yeah. But they treated him like he was like going to be a star. He was like a team, team one of the original Team Jordan signees. Like Team Jordan's like, yes, I like this kid. I like yeah, this kid. So it was Kwame star. Brown, and that didn't work. I know. <laughs> no, Quentin, no, it was it was him and Quentin Richardson. And yeah. uh, anyway, I don't want to get down this whole thing. But yeah, look at that initial team. Mike Bibby was eventually on there, and I'm like, okay, pretty good. Sure, <laughs> sure. So we'll we'll see how Edmund Shabazian. He's obviously been he changed camps. He's with Extreme Couture now. So we'll see if that success from his most previous fight can continue into a very tough matchup by Anthony Hernandez feature bout the two most recent opponents of Angela Hill are going to battle it out Emily Ducote and Lupe Godinez Andre Fialio and Joaquin Buckley at 170 pounds some mean mugging going on between those two dudes and Michael Johnson welcoming back Carlos Diego Fajera to the UFC that is your main card AK, what's the low key banger? Can be one of those main card bouts that I just ran off. Could be something else. What's uh, what's standing out to you as a fight that could steal the show that maybe nobody's talking about here? I'm I'm all in on Natalia Silva and Victoria Leonardo. Man, I think Natalia Silva is like a very intriguing uh, fighter at 125. And also, we talked about Victoria Leonardo on the show before in that um, she's the kind of good losing fighter I want to see stay on the roster forever. Uh, she won. She won her last fight. Fine, but when she goes out, it's always by like some spectacular knockout or something like that. So uh, I, I don't know what the odds are. I'm assuming Silva is a pretty decent favorite. I'm just gonna look. Oh, more than decent. Um, <laughs> I'm only looking at topology. Mike, can you can you bring this up on uh, DK? I'm a little curious what the DraftKings odds say. Uh, oh, it's she's definitely, uh, Silva's the biggest favorite on the card, probably yeah, by a lot. By far. Uh, yeah. Minus 900. Minus 900. That's, that's pretty high for someone in her third UFC fight. But again, 
with I, I'm a, I'm a Victoria Leonardo fan. I really am, and I say this because I've seen her fight many times. And when she goes down, she goes down hard. And I guess that's what people. Uh, this isn't a secret. Clearly, uh, I'm not like I'm not like I'm unearthing some inside knowledge here. People who have seen her fight know this. And Natalia Silva, I know a lot of people are are high on her. So this feels like a showcase fight for her. And I'm curious to see if she if she lives up to the hype because I think she will. I think she will. But we've definitely seen fighters um fall flat in these situations before, and a Victoria Leonardo upset would be just as thrilling. So um yeah, I like that. Big big fan of the women's uh, 125 division. I like that one on the prelims. It's crazy looking at these betting odds because pretty much all these fights from a betting perspective are super tight. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second biggest favorite on the card is Joaquin Buckley, and he's minus 210. And Natalia mm-hmm. says a minus 900. Anthony Hernandez, minus 200. Mackenzie Dern, minus 175. And everything else is like minus 145 to plus 125, minus 130, plus 110, minus 150, minus 105. Like everything is really tight. And then you see that Natalia Civil line pop out and you're just like, oh, okay. Jose, what's what's the one that's sticking out to you that no one's talking about that you're excited for? I mean, <laughs> if I have to watch one fight on this card outside of the main event, it's probably Walking Buckley, uh, the Walking Buckley fight, because someone is going to sleep in that fight because those guys are, I'm going to get you or I'm going to get God. Andre Fialo was on the verge of like making history because he won in April, May, and June, or and then he fought in June 2022. So, he, and I know he fought Michelle Pereira in his UFC debut at 270. So, he had like four fights in six months. And then that last fight, he lost to Jake Matthews. And everyone, including people on this website, were like, <laughs> Jake Matthews is so good, and he's like never looks better. I'm like, he just beat a dude who fought three times in three months, and none of those wins were exceptionally like amazing. Like he won, he beat uh, Miguel Baeza, who was on a losing streak. He beat a guy I can't even remember his name, and he lost to Michelle Pereira. And then everyone's like, Jake Matthews is boxing, you're so good, this and that. And then Jake Matthews got absolutely like. St- didn't get knocked out, but like Matthew Semelsberger just pieced that dude up. So like, Andre Fiala was a cool story, but I was never, I was never impressed with any of his wins, and I wasn't impressed with Jake Matthews' win over him. Um, and then Walking Buckley is about if we're talking guys that talk a lot. Walking Buckley is way up there with the Kevin Hollins of the world, the people who talk in the octagon. I know he lost to Chris Curtis, uh, and I know he lost to Nasruddin Imovov, who are both incredibly talented fighters. Uh, obviously, both of those men are probably top 15 middleweights in the world. And then he beat a bunch of guys that like to run into punches, uh, like Jordan Wright. Obviously, the Impa Kasangane knockout is one of the best knockouts you'll ever see even Kanye West made a music video about it but like Antonio Royal loves to run into punches Abdul Razak Al-Hassan I think both men were just gun shy because they both fight guys and exceed well when they're fighting guys that just like to run into punches guys like Kevin Holland and Logan Storley and Alessio Tuchirico don't do that Alessio Tuchirico obviously knocked him out so I think someone's going to sleep in this fight I'm curious how walking Buckley looks this is his first fight at welterweight in a while. long time ever, right? yeah. yeah first time in the so, UFC yeah. obviously he made weight uh so I'm ser- I'm curious because how he looks in the octagon because he was a thick middleweight he was like a Tyron Woodley type middleweight like he was clearly he 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 had to cut weight, but he was muscles on muscles on muscles, and that dude talks a lot. So, obviously, those are the two. That's the fight I want to see because that one's going to probably have the most violent finish. 
but then obviously I'm very excited for um, Victoria and Orion, uh, fellow weaves out there, two uh, two uh, noted Dragon Ball Z fans. So I hope they do well. O- Orion actually has Shenron tattooed on his body, and I believe he has a Vegeta quote tattooed on his chest. So that dude wears his Dragon Ball Z fandom with pride. Speaking of fights, I think are going to be really fun that someone's going to go to sleep. Uh, I love the Mahashata uh, Slava Claus fight. Mm-hmm. I like that one. That one's going to fly under the radar. I think. I think both guys have avenues to win if they want to shoot takedowns and wrestle because the takedown defense is the weakness and sort of the kryptonite of both of these individuals. Yep. So, but I have a feeling that both these guys are just going to stand there and trade them until somebody falls down. So that should be a fun fight. And then we get Fiala and Buckley right after, Slava, which is going to be Mike, sick. Slava did say he like might show some of his wrestling, but I hope that's just like a misdirection or something. We do, Slava, Please. we don't want to see that. No, Slava, hashtag, keep the martial arts apart. Don't do it. Go for that <laughs> knockout of the night. Go for that uh, fight of the night bonus. Winning, winning is overrated. Come on. Hmm. Do you think and this also, will be the last yeah, time we see Takashi Sato in the UFC? I thought last time would be the last time we'd see Takashi Sato in the UFC. I so I, <laughs> I no that, that dude got head kicked to hell. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. Who has he lost to in the UFC? I know he's lost to Bilal. I know he's lost to Gunnar Nelson. Obviously, mm-hmm. he lost to Brian Battle. And I want to say... Miguel it's on the Morales tip of your tongue. Or So I know I knew it was like a welterweight prospect, but that dude's losing to really good fighters. Um, I hope, but if he loses bad again, yeah, probably, probably the last time. Temba Garimbo, uh, crazy story, his mm-hmm. life, absolutely insane. Uh go back to the archives to We Got Next when that show was a thing. Uh, I talked to about his story and pretty wild man like the movie blood diamond is like something he lived essentially so that's that's a dude who's who's seen it all i am also kind of curious i don't know how good this fight's gonna be but we got nick fiore who's uh one of the new england cartel guys uh fighting chase hooper moving up to 155 chase looked pretty good yes at 155 on the scale put on some size looking good but could put on some muscle and lifted some weights. So that'll be an interesting fight. And of course, the great trivia question with, with Nick is he's got two wins over the great Jay Ellis, who if you haven't searched for Jay Ellis's name on Tapology, go ahead and do that right now and you'll see what I'm talking about. An absolute Tapology legend, Jay Ellis. So there you go. That's UFC Vegas 73, at least from our perspective, but I'm sure maybe the peeps have a couple of thoughts on this card, a couple of questions, if you will. So let's bring in producer extraordinaire, the baddest dash in MMA, E. Casey Lydon. There he is with his Hi. Pig Destroyer t-shirt on. Yeah. Let me go centered up. All right, here we go. Hi, everybody. All right. Where is, speaking, speaking of welterweight prospects, where is Michael Morales? What's he up to these days? Why isn't he I don't falling? know. Yeah. I like that a lot. I want to. Uh, is he booked? I want to say he's booked. I could be insanely wrong about this, but I want to say he was booked. Let's just check. Max the Griffin. Old... Yes, Max July first. July first. Oh, oh, I love that. Fight. Yeah, so it's that's way. It's way. Fight. It feels like an MMA. That's like a lifetime away. Yeah, <laughs> we're still over a month was, away. Yeah. Was last fight July last year? Right? That was the Fugit fight on yeah. short notice. Yeah, and it's on the electrifying Strickland Megamedov card. So. That's and he was supposed right. to fight. Uh, he was supposed to fight. He was supposed to fight. We're not Fakratinov on that Ooh. December seventeenth card. That fight would have been absolutely insane. Yeah. And now, actually, yeah. this card. He, this card looks good. I was talking crap, but this card actually looks good. I just, I just 
look that aside from the weirdo main event, it's actually like a lot of good fights on here. Anyway, that's another discussion. That's yes. so it's not a main focus. event. It just happens to be the last fight of the night. It's the ultimate fight. <laughs> The, which sounds better than main event. Yeah. There's no main event. It's the, it's the ultimate fight of the you know, the, the, the UFC is so good at branding. I'm surprised they haven't actually done that. Like get rid of the right? main event and now the ultimate fight. Yeah. The ultimate right. and the penultimate. It's like, oh, that's so much better. Like, oh. Do you think it's MMA fans know what penultimate means? Too many syllables, AK. Yeah. They definitely don't know what ultimate actually means. No. No. Very, very few people do. Just name it the last fight. Not the main event. <laughs> All right. Questions or comments? What do we got? AK Lee looking good. No, but miss listen. the stash. Yes. Uh, thank you, everyone who complimented the stash. Uh, I was going through some things in my life. I'm in a better place now. You'll never see that again. Uh, again, thank you. But I also apologize. Yeah, no, there's not not a whisker to be seen. Not a whisker to be seen. And never you'll and you never will again. It's because people saw him on the on the McGregor doc, and they, he's been getting a whole bunch of calls from his agent. Oh my so god! Yeah, clean it up. So clean it up. True. Oh, I tried. I tried to watch the McGregor doc doc last night. Yeah, I got like that was fifteen minutes into. it. I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah. I just don't care about things that I was there for. Like I'm like, how many people this? Yeah, I'll say his I voice was, is all over the thing. So <laughs> I, was, I was stuck in the bubble. I don't need to relive it. Yeah. <laughs> It was um, I I I'm the wrong audience basically. I felt I was like yeah. I need someone to, I need someone's eyes that who've never who knew nothing about McGregor at all. Oh, yeah. And I, I I'm more curious about that. Like I was just like ah, this isn't this documentary isn't made for me. So I wasn't. Yeah. So I, I would I would I would keep going with that first episode. That's the most interesting episode of all. And then I'd probably watch because, probably because too. that's the furthest away from us now time yeah wise. so time it's wise. not and just, fresh in our minds yeah and just like the emotional toll like the reality of losing to habib was like really also, interesting to watch in the moment and then when he lost to poirier the first time and like not for nothing it's pretty it's pretty interesting like is connor habib like the biggest story in terms of like build up that we have ever seen in mma i would imagine so like in the history of mma what is bigger then the buildup and then what happened in the fight, what happened immediately after the fight. Like, cause that goes all the way back to the Dolly incident. Yeah, like, that is, that? uh, nothing's bigger than that. I think it's, People, I mean, if, if there's no, there's uh, yeah, it's number one for sure. The only thing that's even in the same planet is Jones DC. Yeah. But it's not, it's that's but, number one with the bullet, Connor and Habib. Yeah. Jones DC, like number two, but a distant number two for sure. Yeah. Because for sure. Yeah. Because this one had everything. It had yeah. That was promote. like yeah. They brought in religion. They brought in family. And, and the fact that it all started over. The fact that it all started over in Artem defending Artem. I think it's I amazing. It's all. It all started over Artem. Oh, it's yeah. the center of everything. Everything revolves around Artem. Let's be honest here. I think that's true. And, and I, after I, all I, that, yeah. And after all that, McGregor and Artem like hate each other. It, now. Yeah. It's you know what happened? You know what happened? Just like how we revolve around the sun, Connor just flew too close to the sun, got too close to Artem, and then it all came crashing down. <laughs> it's true. It's true. All right. Uh, do, do, do. <laughs> um, uh, Cody Winters. Uh, I'm gonna. That's a jerk question. All right. Uh, 
If you're trying to make me curious, you've succeeded. No, nah, just <laughs> can you speculate on who pulled the fire alarm? Um, <laughs> who I mean, beats me. Yeah, some punk kids. All right, uh, man. probably John Anik. <laughs> yeah, he's probably, probably like Brent, the Celtics. Probably Brennan, <laughs> <laughs> probably Brennan Fitzgerald, so he can fill content for his social oh, media crazy. pages. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. I love Dan, Brennan I'm gonna, Fitzgerald. He's a man. I'm gonna say the menace. Dennis the menace. Michael Johnson living up no, to his name. Also, he's yeah. just he's fought so many. He's just bored. He's fought so many times in the UFC. My God, well, <laughs> it was probably that young rascal Chase Hooper. He just had too much soda pop and was wired and couldn't go to sleep. <laughs> So he's too many M and M's. Yeah, he's not worried about cutting weight anymore. So he's just scarfing down. Yeah, this is true. I'm gonna go with Carolina because oh. who <laughs> miss, who wind up missing weight? Eh, Carolina getting a little a little <laughs> extra cash. <laughs> she's a Great vet. She's only. a vet. She is a vet. All right. Uh, oh, let's talk about this gentleman. With a loss, is this the end of the Chase Hooper experiment, Jose? What's the experiment? Yeah, I don't, I, I, that's a great name, the Chase Hooper experiment. That's my prog rock band. It's that's a great name. Like, Chase Hooper is 23. Relax. Like, I know, like, if he loses, I would like to, like, he's already kind of slowed down a bit because for a while it seems like he fought pretty regularly. But, like, we don't need another Jordan Mean or another Rory McDonald where they were, like, prodigies and then they just got burnt out in the prime of their career if he loses take time that's that's all i would say but there's no experiment like chase hooper is a funny dude like he's a funny guy he wasn't this hardcore person that like he did get a lot of, he did get a big pop a lot of like the ceremonial wayne and stuff but he's not going anywhere and, and he's only lost one in a row it's, it's not like i think people really oversell his yeah. downfall this, yeah he he's got, never but he's never in the ufc he's never won two in a row and he's never lost two in a row. Yeah, so it's just there's a lot of people, there's a lot of fighters like that. For some reason, we just put a lot of focus on him. Um, well, they put those, a lot of focus on him. They put a lot of focus on him. Yeah, they, they did. did. Yeah. But but he did. But he but he himself was a good promoter of himself. You know, yes. in a natural way, not not trying to fake trash talk, just being himself. So uh, yeah, I think no. Uh, if a loss will be in the Chase Super Experiment, no, he's fine. Uh, it'll suck if he loses for me himself. But um, I think we're good. I think and 55, 55 seems it's gonna be better. He just outgrew forty five, and now he yeah. just now he like he said he got some muscle on him. He's six one, you know, he's seeing six one and a forty fiver. That's pretty skinny, and um, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, not for nothing. Like Steve Garcia is a very talented, durable fighter, and I, in hindsight, booking him against Alex Caceres in his second UFC fight was terrible decision. So yep. it's not like he's losing into bad fighters. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm gonna give you a little, I'm gonna give you a little take right now. Now that I look Ooh. at it, um, there is a bonus coming from this fight. Maybe mul okay. maybe a fight of the night. This fight's gonna be great. Like it's yeah. gonna be really interesting because both these guys are really explosive on the ground, and both these guys they fight to to have very short nights at the office. This isn't. They ain't decision fighters, neither one of these guys. So I think the grappling exchange is going to be really interesting. I don't know how much they're going to stand on the feet and trade, but we saw Nick's last fight. The dude is tough and durable as hell. Mm -hmm. This is actually a really fun fight. It's going to be a really fun one. So yeah, the answer I'll uh, say is no, because it's going to be a good fight. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to put this troll question up. I don't really like it, but just because I want to just kind of rip into this person a little bit. <laughs> 
Okay, see, why even give him the time? Who cares about... like, yeah. just which woman? Which woman do you speak of? Yeah, one, yes. one woman. woman. You got to be specific. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. This is woman MMA, on, not women's MMA. Just woman. I, I just, I can't. I, I don't know. Like, how, how long have we? How long have we had women in the UFC now? What is it? Since, over ten years. Since twenty since twenty thirteen. Ten years. Like, what are we doing, people? Like, and there was women's MMA like before, way, yeah, before that's just before UFC. That. Yeah, before just that. like yeah. just stop it. If I see any crap like that, I am. Some of, the most, well, some of the most memorable and historic moments in the company came from women. Yeah. Like Holly Holm knocking out Ronda Rousey is like one of the all-time great moments in the history of the sport. One of the most mm-hmm. memorable things that has ever happened. And then Holly Holm's first title defense against Misha Tate is an underrated gem. That fight is, is insanity. It, it, was, it was is, a fight of the year like a couple years ago. <laughs> fight of the year. Rose Namajunas is winning titles. Like her beating Ioana and Jacek, that whole build to that fight. And then she goes out there and just melts Ioana. Like – Everything about that was incredible. Yeah, I just, I, I just don't get. It. I mean, if you want to ask, you know, who cares about heavyweight MMA? I'm like, okay, let's talk. You know, first like, of all, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Say it, Acapora. There you go. Yeah, all right, I just have to do better, Cody. Do better. Yeah, do better, Cody. Yeah. Uh, do do do. What do we got here? Um. Actually, I'm kind of curious. <laughs> How much longer until Rose is not eligible to be ranked? Six in months. our rankings? Six months. She actually, I just, I responded to a comment. Yeah. She fought a year ago. It, it's crazy that Carla fight was okay. only a year ago. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't help. I think, I think a lot of people would then joke like, well, it wasn't much of a fight. When's the last time she really <laughs> fought? But technically the last time she appeared in the cage was a year ago. So by our ranking system, uh, we do like 18 months and then you're, I, I have fought multiple times, by the way, to say we should boot people out sooner. Uh, and I will continue to fight this battle, but 18 months isn't unreasonable. And if she gets a fight booked, you know, within the next uh, month or so, which I don't expect to happen, but who knows? Um, then it won't seem so crazy. It's just, it's just weird because not only she hasn't fought, but like she, we just haven't heard anything yeah. about when a t- any sort of timetable as to when she wants to come back. So I understand why people would just be like, yeah, that's why. Like, it just take feels it out of the longer. It feels longer mm-hmm. too. And like Definitely. nobody's calling her out because they know it's a waste of a call out. People so have called just, her out. Oh, it just well, it just falls on depth. Like Mackenzie Dern's obviously talking about uh, fighting her. I interviewed Marina last year in Singapore because she was doing like guest fighter stuff it, to kind of build the Whaley Yoana one. And she's like, if because at that time she was campaigning for the title shot, which meritocracy wise she probably deserved. But Dana then said, you know, the winner Whaley Yoana will get the title shot. And then Marina goes, well, if that's the case, I want to fight Rose in Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. So like people have been calling her out. It's just nothing. A lot of people. Yeah. Really? Man, I mean, and I Fioro, guess- Man and Fioro called her out because she yeah. was talking At about 25? moving to 125. Yep. Because Rosa yeah. said like she wanted to put out a bunch of muscle and was thinking about it. Just, yeah, just and uh, Tatiana Suarez called for it at either mm-hmm. weight. So, I mean, people are calling it, but it's just... It just... I think everyone's just like, well... I think everyone almost considers Rose semi-retired right now. It's it's just like maybe she fights. Kind of like calling out, yeah. It's like calling out Stipe right now. Like sure, yeah. yeah. She doesn't like, need to fight. She's like, happy cool. fighting yeah. or not fighting. Yeah. I think yeah. Jillian Robertson wants a piece too because she beat her in the yeah, grappling. She right. She's been in the grappling, so now she's like, hey, what a quick way to get up the one fifteen rankings, right? Call out Rose. So yeah. I don't know. But hey, listen, Rose, if you're out there, you don't have listen. I I've been saying yeah. I hate that she's not fighting, but she has. She owes nothing to anyone. She does not have to. If she's just chilling, she's made a good amount of money. She had a couple of championship runs. 
she's probably just like, I just don't want to fight right now, and no one should force her to. So, yeah. um, I'd love to see her back, just because I like seeing. Has she, has she even like, said that in an interview? I just, I'm, I just kind of, for, I don't remember. Has she done any interviews within the last six months? I think she did. She did one with her. Not in the last six. You talked to Mike. Yeah, I talked to her. What November? December, oh wow, really? Maybe? Damn. That's yeah, so more than six wow. months ago. Yeah. <laughs> six months yeah, ago. Oh, you're right. I remember that. Yeah. I edited that. Um, but it was just, it was about, it was kind of, perma- over. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was just a. Well, it's, I mean, she's got sponsorships, so she's still yeah, making it was, money. It was, it was a sponsorship fighting. thing. Yeah. But, all right. but we did oh. talk about fighting as well. So. A little bit. Hmm. Yeah. Miss you, Rose. I'd like, like to see you. Like, yeah. Just. I miss, I miss, I miss the conversation about Rose. That's all. <laughs> it was, she was, it was good for the sport. Um, yep. Oh. Where does Karolina Kovalkiewicz go with a win or a loss on Saturday? I think she's a very good chance to win this fight. Um, I, I think Vanessa Nomopoulos is, is super fun. Uh, great personality. She's obviously got a very analytic mind, which is why she does a lot of broadcasting stuff for Fight Pass and other promotions and well-deserved. I think Caroline's just really, I think Caroline's really good. Um, I think this fight's going to stay on the feet a lot. And if it does, I think this is a Carolina fight all day long, but this is why they get in there and fight. But Jose, think, is this, just, what do you think? Yeah. If she wins, I want to see her fight Loma. Like that's, just, that's just what I want. Like just two very, that'd be good. Like, You're right. Just like high volume fights for two women that probably aren't going to fight for the title anytime soon. But like, that would just be a fun fight. Loma coming off is her first submission win. Carolina, is has submission wins, but is also like more than capable on the feet. So yeah, Carolyn, or e- even if Vanessa wins, like the winner of this, I don't hate either woman fighting Loma. Loma's a, a very fun fighter. Yeah. Plus if they're going to Sydney, Loma, that's close to Thailand. So just have Loma fight there. She did good. And she fought in Perth. So don't hate that either. I'm stealing and it. Stealing it for Otno. Stealing it for Otno. I didn't want to give you credit. Yeah, if Friends if Carolina wins, that'll be three straight <laughs> again. Which would be her it would tie her longest win streak in the UFC, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't, don't want to say Carolina's back if she wins, but uh, I think she's no I think I think the rebuild has been complete, and I think if she wins tomorrow, we can kind of throw um, throw Carolina in deeper waters if she wins. And tomorrow. you need to and you need to throw fighters like Loma into deeper waters too because she mm-hmm. fought Angela Hill what in her second UFC fight. And their yeah. only other f- loss was to Loopy. So she's beating who she should be, and she's not gotten over that edge. But like, if you watched her last fight, her last post-fight scrum in Perth, she's done a lot of wrestling with the Hickman brothers. So I just think both women, it would just be the right matchup for any any three of those women fighting. Uh, either two of those women fighting Loma, I think would be a lot of fun in Sydney. Yeah, right. I like that idea. Did Jose have a fighter? Did oh. you have a nickname, Jose? This no. is a great question, Scott. <laughs> no, no, I did not. I did not because I don't. You can't give yourself you nicknames. Can't give yourself and nickname, no one yeah. ever, no one ever gave me a nickname. No, I was just Jose Youngs fighting out of Phoenix, Arizona. Can I? Can I? Can I give you a nickname? Can I give you what? What your nickname should have been? I bet. I bet I've heard it before, but go ahead. Forever. Yeah, shocking. Never heard that. <laughs> Alphaville. One. You come up. You come up to Alphaville. Come on. No. Nah. Ink Maybe the ink triple inquisitor or triple baseball B baseball bully from Boston. <laughs> That's a little, yeah, it's a little <laughs> lengthy. Well, the inquisitor seems 
intense. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've never once thought about having a nickname in my entire life. Yeah. That's nice awesome. Um, Great question. It is a good question. Because like Oscar didn't have a nickname. I don't think Casey had a nickname. And he does now. 10-7. 10-7. Will you, when your next fight, will you be Eugene 10-7 Leiden? Please tell me yes. I. <laughs> that's asking for I, so much like, yeah. trouble. No. Like, <laughs> you should. I, you should. It could mean anything. It could be yeah. working hours. It could yeah. be a, a date, sure. some date. You're a fan of the Ariel's show with, yeah. uh, with Luciana Andrade. You yeah, know, I, big fan. Yeah. I, lo I love October 7th. Yeah, it's just it's my, it's my time. I think <laughs> you, you need to have a name. Like, I love nicknames that you're just absolutely perplexed by so that's what i would want what's kid kavenbo what's kid kavenbo johnny that's johnny munoz right i asked johnny about that a while ago i forget what is that what he told me help me I, I, every time i see that i'm like what is kid kavenbo i don't understand that's a the great birthday that boy. 100 that would be my birthday nickname. boy that would be that would I'd come up to Let's get you a fight just so we can have the announcers say that. I think it'd be worth it. I don't care. So you can see me get pummeled. Yes. Well, that that'd be a bonus. But and you walk out to Happy Birthday like that just be the best. Like your opponent's already in the cage, all jacked up, and then and you just come strolling out with the birthday hat on. You win the fight. I told you. I told you. I hate that song. Well, that's what it's, it, 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 it's gonna build the rage, the you know, because you gotta, you gotta get this, you know, that rage feeling in the cage. Give me know? the other one, the one they play at like sport arenas, the happy the birthday, one. happy Ooh. birthday. I'll come, I'll do that one. Like, that one is like, you know, a little bit, it's also terrible. Or the Beatles but. one, the Beatles one's not bad. What's the Beatles? They say it's your birthday. Oh, yeah, yeah it was so many better options. Then it could be so everybody's birthday. Yeah, what's a happy birthday, Lisa from The Simpsons? By Michael Ooh. Jackson. Ooh. A great song. Yes. Great With the Michael Jackson That's sound. Great and, and then That's you could be and then you should build your entire fight career around the Simpsons. You could be called Mr. Plow. You could just walk through punches <laughs> at home. Or, you know, it would be great. It would be fantastic. Yeah. You wear like yellow shorts. Sure. You just be that weirdo <sighs> who loves the Simpsons. Yeah, I'll be I'll be dead by my second fight probably. But then but you, you know have what? to it's be great. To then have, you, yeah, you have to be one of those Simpsons guys that are like, "Oh, do you like the Simpsons?" You're like, "Only the first nine seasons." Oh, you get like, <laughs> I got really the DVDs. <laughs> That's why I have one to nine tattooed on my wrist because yeah. those are the only seasons that matter. I don't know. I have a friend who's just a like the Ultimate guy. Fighter. The first nine seasons is all that exists in the Simpsons. <laughs> no, if you're hardcore, you stick with the series till it dies, like me and the Ultimate Fighter. Or my, I have a friend who's a big Simpsons fan. He says he still watches it every week, and I'm like, "There's no way." All power to you, man. There's just no it's incredible. way. Incredible. I don't believe it. All power. I don't big if that. true. <laughs> do we have any? Do we have anything else? This is great, by the way. <laughs> oh, and you can walk out to Oakley Doakley, which is a Simpsons-themed doom metal band from Phoenix. Ooh. Oh, I'm, we're just oh, playing. they all dress as Ned Flanders. Yeah, yeah, dude, my friend is the lead singer, and they put on the best concert I've ever been to in my entire life. There's a lot of great songs from The Simpsons you can walk out to. Mm -hmm. The Talking mm -hmm. Softball song is a great one. Great classic. So many. Do we have anything else? Oh uh, no. AK Sideshow Lee. That's a great Yeah, I like that too. That's a good one too. Sideshow Lee. 
Oh man. What uh, is the sideshow? Hold on. Important question. Is the sideshow before the last name or the first name? Uh, so, no, sideshow Lee because it's one syllable. Okay. I like it. Like sideshow Bob. Okay. Uh, Oakley Dokley does rule Max Rapkin. They we saw that I saw them perform at a venue that holds about two hundred people, and we destroyed that venue. Like that never they never recovered. Uh, I just want to the results of the poll: Who wins the UFC Vegas seventy three main event? Mackenzie Dern sixty two percent. So I think a little bit. Is, is that reflective of the odds? I think that's a little bit heavier, right? That'd be like two to one. A little, no. a little, a little, a little bit, bit, right? Sixty, a little bit heavier. Yeah. What are they saying on topology? Um, topology has yeah, five bet match close seventy six percent turn. Whoa, wow. okay, wow, yeah, sure. I think Kill's got a better no, chance than that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm Angela Hill. I'm, pick, I'm picking Angela Hill. Just saying. Man, actually, Shabazz, yeah, Shabazian uh, by topology picks is a big underdog. Thirty percent. Um, oh my! I just realized Irla Tifi is on this card. Yeah. Oh yeah, we didn't. We, we did not mention him or his fight once. He's bad. <laughs> Have oh, you? Oh. This could. This could be for the Parker Porter sweepstakes right here. There's a lot on the line Ooh. here for Irla. This, this should have been the co-main event. This should have been the co-main. <laughs> I can't, actually, I honestly, I'm surprised this isn't the co-main event with the how the because heavy like, fight, heavyweights. Yeah, yeah. That's actually. Kind of, I'm, actually I'm actually kind of surprised. Uh, I think we're good, gentlemen. Yeah, you can hit the music. We're, we've right. we've done it all. We've done it all <laughs> with this card. <laughs> but uh, 3.30 p.m. Eastern tomorrow, I believe. People's pre-fight show. So Casey and I will get you ready for the festivities at hand. We'll be back with the post-fight show after the event. And then AK and I will match make for it all, or at least for the main card winners in a wild card. On, on to the next one on Sunday. And then we get a rare weekend off from the UFC. So enjoy this while you can. Then you get a week off and then right back to the apex on June 3rd. So thank you for joining us for AK, <laughs> Sideshow Lee, for Casey, for Jose. I am Mike Heck. Thank you for watching. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Happy <laughs> birthday, AK. <laughs> what a weirdo. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.